Coming up, the Cubs get snake bit by the Diamondbacks, losing 3 of 4. We're coming with our NFL season predictions. We're also going to talk about Novak Djokovic in his 24th major today. And then we'll close with a short youth sports update. So it's the sports life. We're talking sports. Let's go. All right. Let's get started here with this disastrous series we had with the, with the Diamondbacks. Uh, we dropped three of four in the first three games. We scored four runs. Um, so the Cubs offense was really not there for the vast majority of this series. I'll start off with game one here. I'll let Caden do a little analysis, but just a couple notes on this game. Assad had a pretty decent game. He went 5.1 innings, seven hits, three earned runs. Uh, the offense, total of five hits in this game. Horner went two for four. Really wasn't much to talk about here. We went down six to two in this game. Uh, one thing I'd mention is that the Diamondbacks threw Nelson, and he just got recalled from AAA. This is the kind of stuff that really gets me because these are the guys. The Diamondbacks do have a couple of quality pitchers in there, but there was a couple obvious games in here where you got to beat these guys, and that's one of them. You can't be making a playoff push like this, have them throw a guy that just got recalled from AAA and not get to him at all. So, And once again, wasting good quality pitching from our starters as well as our bullpen. Caden, game one, thoughts? Anything you want to add here? I don't want to spend too much time on these losses. It was brutal. Well, it was, it was an awful series. I mean, when you're in a playoff race, I would rather have a, t- uh, have a team that's um, consistent, 500, because when you're in a playoff race, and as the Cubs right now, you're in the playoffs, you want, you want to be the 500. I mean, you, you, don't, you, don't want, you want to be under 500, or, I mean, 500 is not perfect, but you want to be consistent. I would be. I'd rather want that than be a team that wins five games in a row than lose five games. In a row. I mean, it's just up and down. And when you're going to a playoffs, against really every team you're playing is good. You want consistency because that's how you win games. That's how the Phillies won games last year. That's why they made it to the World Series. But I mean, when you look at Game One, I mean, first of all, you're not going to win a lot of games when you're down when you're down six to one in the ninth inning. I mean, the Cubs. I feel like they put up their best swings. When there's just no pressure, knowing that they're down six to one, and then you see, I mean, it just felt like everyone was hitting the ball hard in the ninth, and then they got one run back. But you got to be realistic, though, when you think about this. The Cubs, I've been looking at the titles of a lot of the pods we put out. They've been winning every series. I mean, the Cubs have been hot. They've been winning every series. They had a couple of, uh, they had like a one-one with the White Sox, a couple splits in there. But really, they, they've been either winning the series or splitting. They've been pretty solid. Um, so I don't want to say that, you know, I don't want to come down too hard on them. But again, my thing is, is when you look at individual games, there's times where your offense has to perform. When you're facing below average pitching, you got to step up. It's only the second series they lost since the All-Star break. I believe the Mets is the only other and the Red series Sox. that we actually lost. Red Sox, too. So, um, but we got we to gotta get some, we got to get more consistent hitting at the top of the order. Uh, like I said in the last pod, we got to move Horner up into the top spot. He's our best, most reliable stick up there. Uh, and I'm a Morell guy. I just think when Morell's in the game, he fires these guys up, and these guys play better and win. It, to me, if he plays every day, I don't care if he leads the team in strikeouts. He also leads the team in home runs and RBIs, most likely, if he's in there every single day. And 
to me that says something. This guy's second or third on the team in home runs, and he's played a third of the time as, as, as some of these guys have. I mean, this guy's a ball player. He's, he's a gamer. He's ready to go. Most of these guys you put on the bench for three, four, five, six games, they can't come in there and do anything. This guy's always ready to go. He's always ready to get in there. Morell's my guy. He's been my guy for a long time. I mean, he's only hitting 250, but you got guys you're paying 170 million to that are only hitting 250. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't disagree. I mean, yeah. particularly when you when you look at, like I say, the first three games of this series, we had four runs in three games. Jump into game two, this was a complete disaster. We lose one nothing to their ace, uh, Zach Gallen. I mean, the guy threw a complete game shutout against us, which is not very common in the majors these days. Went nine innings, three hits, nine Ks, no earned runs, and just completely took us out. Now keep in mind, when you lose one nothing, did we see Morell in that game? Bringing up Morell, did we see him at all? I'm not sure. I don't believe Morell played any games until game four. See, and that's that's where I agree with you. He pinched when, when, when you're struggling. Uh, to this level offensively, to not see a bat like that. When when let's talk about it, the guy has not only hit; he's hitting some big spots. He's had some big hits this season for them, and I agree. You can't leave an asset like that on the bench. I, I was down there Saturday in, in the ninth inning when we had the the bases loaded, and I'm yelling, "Get Touchman out of there and put Morell in." Touchman is ice cold right now. This guy's not hitting at all. Pinch hit Morell in this spot and try and win the game. And they leave Touchman up, and we just don't get anything out of it. I mean, you bring Morell in, you sweep San Francisco after he hits a big three-run homer for you, and then you reward the guy with a trip to the bench for practically for three straight games. He comes back in in game four, leads the game off with a triple right out of the gate. And, I mean, the guy's just a gamer. He's, he's, he, we need to have him in the lineup. If we're, if we're going to win, we need to have that guy a spot in the lineup somewhere, and somebody has to go to the Pines. You're right. I mean, we got to we got to work him into this lineup, particularly when you're seeing these struggles on offense. Taco not getting it done here recently. And Caden, did you want to add anything on the game two, the one nothing loss? I mean, I know Taeon, uh six innings pitch, one hit, nine K. I mean, we're wasting well, quality. One of Taeon's best outings yeah. in a long, long time, and it, we just wasted and, it. And we know we we all say his name different. Caden, can you give us Tyone. the credit? Tyone. One of the big things that I go for. Usually one nothing games. You can't win a ball game when you score zero runs. This I mean is that's true. <laughs> and um unfortunately for the run we the Arizona Diamondbacks had it was a single by Corbin Carroll and he's one of the best hitters in Marshall scoring position in the league. I mean he's just clutch. You know, um you know, Seiya Suzuki he made a great effort. I mean, it was really close but I feel like he trapped the ball. I mean he slide and he almost made that play to rob Carroll of a hit, but he didn't. Um but I mean, the only the only hits the Diamondbacks had were from Corbin Carroll. He was two for three, and then uh, Alec Thomas and Luis Gurriel. I mean, it was just awful. Yep, you're I mean, also losing a good performance out of your bullpen there. This guy went three in. You know, he he went a great run as starting, and then your bullpen had a great few innings. I mean, and in game three, why are we sending Combs to second base on that ball? This guy's got no speed. I mean, he gets gunned out at second. If we keep him on first there, Madrigal finally magically gets a hit for once in his life, and we win the ball game. I don't, I just don't understand. Madrigal has not been bad for them. I don't know why you're so down on Madrigal. The guy's got no power. He has zero power. Talk about no power. He's been playing third base for them. 
He, yeah, he's been solid. I don't know why you're down. You're only down on him because of Morrell. He's been solid for them. He's playing pretty good ball, to be honest. Now, hey, jump into game three here, right? This is, again, here we go. Game three, a 3-2 loss. Steele has just been absolutely phenomenal. What else can you say? In this game, he goes seven strong innings, six hits, one earned. In his last ten starts, Steele 7-0 with a 2.48 ERA. That ERA sounds really good. For the whole season, he's 2.49. So Steele continues, in my opinion, to be the leader in the NL Cy Young race. He continues to get it done. This is a guy that is playoff ready right now. And again, we wasted it. We wasted it in a 3-2 loss. This game really bothered me because we put up two runs. And I always say those two runs weren't even legit. We had the, again, Nico Hustle. I brought it up last pod. This dude... Show your kids, show the youth players, this is how you play baseball, okay? Two out, he's on first base, infield fly, and this dude takes off and scores. I mean... He would be my leadoff hitter, no question about it. With the team that we got right now, that's the guy I would have batting first. He's the best guy of all the guys that we got to be leading off for this team. He's the best guy with the stick. And also, I think... This is awful, awful management by David Ross. I mean, when you look at the bullpen, Justin Steele, I mean, he pitched great. Merriweather, I mean, Merriweather, I think he pitched three times. Dude, he's been lights out. He pitched, he, he's been great. I mean, I think he pitched three times this series. He's been great. Al's like, really good to see Al's like, he pitched a good inning, but Palencia. I'm, I'm David Ross, I'm setting Dana Palencia down to the minors right now. I mean, first of all, he can't throw a strike. He's throwing over 100 miles per hour to first base. And what's this guy doing? I would go to, I know our bullpen's a little on white, but if I'm David Ross, you know, you need a guy like Daniel Plinsky to get confidence. And when you're in a tie, tie game, I'm not sure what a game that uh, kind of situation was, but when you're in a really close game, I guess a really good hitting diving back team, and you got a guy like Daniel Plinsky can't throw a strike, that's very, very poor management. I mean, it's awful. The only other run we got in the game was uh, California rule, extra innings. Bellinger had a base hit that scored, I think, Taco. But that's it. I mean, that's game three. So, again, three really lackluster performances from our offense and some pretty decent pitching in here. I mean, one game we gave up a Very run. Good. The other game we Very gave good. up three. Game one was a little bit of a hiccup. But really, like I said, you're, you're wasting good performances from, from your pitching. And what the Cubs have to understand here is that if they're lucky enough to either catch the Brewers and, and win the Central or sneak into a wild card, make it into the playoff chase, you're going to be seeing quality pitching up and down these rotations. And if you can't get it done against a dude from AAA and this guy, you know, I mean, they uh, they did okay in game four here. They pulled out a 5-4 win. But, again, a lot of, a lot of uh, home runs, a lot of solo shots in there. And you just have to get the job done against some of that average to below average pitching. Game four, I'll move on. This was, you know, at least we didn't get swept here, right? I mean, I was really worried thinking the Diamondbacks were basically going to catch us if they swept us in this uh, in this series. Game four, the professor, this was a big outing for him. I mean, we needed him, and he pitched well. 5.2, seven hits, two earned runs. Um, the Like I say, the bullpen's been just... The bullpen's been solid. It's been one of our most consistent things when you really look at it. Merriweather gets the save. I thought that was cool. Um, he's was Necky with the good outing? What was that? Was Necky? Good outing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. Everybody, their bullpen has the been... The key is Hendricks didn't give up early runs in this game. He, he usually gives up runs early. He didn't give up early runs. As I was game. saying about Hendricks, it's a guy, I know, with his pitches, I mean, he throws fastball, change-up, curveball, and he throws, I mean, his fastball is like 80 miles per hour, but he's a guy that's a lot of playoff experience, and when you need him, big amount, I mean, when you need him in a big spot, Hendricks will be there because he's been in big situations. 80 miles an hour. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit faster. It's a change up. It's, it's. I'll tell you, that just shows. And, you know, if you want to look at the real professor, go to Maddox. You want to talk about a guy that didn't throw hard but made that ball move and just did special things with it. And Hendricks is just like him. I mean, he's not obviously not I at mean, Maddox's there's not level. a lot of guys who can throw high 80s for a fastball, pitch for 10 really good years. Jamie Moyer. 25 years. <laughs> Hendrix miles an hour. Hendrix is special what he does out there. There's a lot of thinking that he does to be able to pitch like that and uh, continue to get wins for the Cubs. Again, I think at this stage in his career, uh, being that that velocity is down probably under 90 miles an hour now, it is it, it puts him more in that average pitcher zone. But this was a big win we needed, and he got the job done. So you guys want to say anything else about closing out this? Uh, just so everybody knows, that's Uncle Clint. It's either his text or his fantasy. Somebody just scored. It's becoming a staple to the show on these Sunday nights when we get uh, when we get Uncle Clint on the show. We usually get some sort of alert from the cell phone that lets us know again something maybe fantasy went down. Like this is NF the first NFL Sunday, so we are going to uh, we're going to move on from the Cubs. Caden, do you want to have any closing thoughts on the Cubs or Uncle Clint? Anything? It was nice to see Swanson pick up five hits in the last two games. We need we need to get his bat going too. So uh, hopefully this next series will be better for us and we can uh, get back on the winning side and go from there. And one thing I also um, like. I feel like, you know, we, yeah, we scored five runs that game. But it was, we had three home runs. We cannot, I mean, there's not been a lot of games where we have not scored a home run. We have not hit a home run, and we scored a lot of runs. I mean, we, we're too home run dependent. We need to have consistent hitting and then sprinkling the home runs for the cherry on top. Very good. Before we get into our NFL predictions for the season, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Novak Djokovic. Today, he won his 24th major title, and that, that leads all. And you got Nadal behind him at 22. You got Federer behind him at 20. And we didn't grow up with tennis and golf and stuff like that. That wasn't our thing. Those were sports for, for different, different people. But again, you got to give credit where it's due when you start thinking about a guy that's 36 years old. He continues to get the job done. And I decided to look this up just to put this into perspective. There is not another player over 30 in the top 20 in tennis. And this guy is 36. He's still the number one ranked player. And quite frankly, he got treated a little bit like a criminal with his stance on not getting a COVID vaccine. And he missed out on some opportunities to win some majors there when he was basically, not for most, but for him, was still 34, 35 years old. That's his prime. This guy's still there. Every major, he's making it either to the semis or the final game. He could be at 26, 27 right now if he didn't miss out on those. So, you know what? Whatever you believe, that's up to you. And I felt like this guy got treated a little bit poorly in that situation. Yep. And good for him. He came back, and, he got, and he's starting to get the job done yep. now that those things are clear of him. Yep. So, congrats, Novak. 
we're going to move on. We're going NFL, and we are all going to give our opinions on, number one, the NFL MVP, and then we'll go through the divisions and then give our Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl matchup and champions. I'll start with my MVP. I'm going Hurts. I thought he should have won it last year. I don't know what is going to happen with him. I don't know if he can, can repeat what he did last season, but I honestly felt like the Eagles were so good, you weren't even seeing him late in games a lot. I thought there was a lot of stat padding that could have been done there um, that they did not do. And he also missed opportunities late in the season because uh, he was hurt uh, to increase those numbers. But when you just talk about a guy that wins, and Hurts holds a place close for me because I honestly didn't think he'd even be an NFL quarterback. I did not think he was good enough. He got taken out of a college championship game for Tua. And this guy perseveres. He gets through it. And I just think he's such a cool story. Uh, again, I really thought he should have won the MVP last year. I hope he gets it this year. And the last thing I'll mention about Hurts before I give you guys your MVP predictions is that he hurt his shoulder. And all anybody talked about in the Super Bowl was how Mahomes hurt his ankle. Mahomes was running all over the field, had a couple plays where he was full sprint and but Hertz had a legitimate shoulder injury that he was dealing with. I know Mahomes was hurt. You've watched the Netflix series and things like that. But I just don't think enough was said about that. I thought he outplayed Patrick Mahomes in, in the Super Bowl. And I just thought he had such a great year. I hope he repeats it this year. I think he's going to win the NFL MVP. Caden, who you got? Um, You're still thinking about it? Wait, Uncle Clint, who are you thinking for the MVP? I, I think Hurts very good candidate for the MVP, and I think actually a bad call cost him the Super Bowl last year. I think it was a bogus holding call, and they, they, I agree. Got, they got shorted the Super Bowl on a bogus holding call because everybody loves Mahomes, um, and that's what gets down to it. I mean, Mahomes to me in Week One showed you that when you don't have a guy like Kelsey that can catch the football for you, maybe you ain't as good as everybody thinks you are. Uh, Kelsey was out of there, and I know he had four drops in the game, but they still should not have lost that game to Detroit, and Detroit beat them. So yeah, I, th I think Mahomes is great. I don't want to take anything away from him, but I do, I do agree with you. I thought it was, I thought it was a bad call. I thought it ruined a fantastic game. I don't, I think that that play happens every down on an NFL field, and I don't think that should have been called. And I hope for Jalen Hurts. Like I said, he's. Mahomes is the type of guy that you feel like is going to have this opportunity every year. He's going to be in like that top three, top five. I don't know if that's going to be the case for Hertz, and I'll, that's why I really am pulling he, for him. To he transferred, ended up having to transfer to Oklahoma from Alabama because right. he, he was sitting behind Tua. And I think he's a better quarterback than Tua is. I always did. Even, when, even yep. when he was at Alabama, I thought he was better, but... Hertz is a cool story, man. He's a guy that is putting in work. He's getting his body bigger and stronger so he can carry the football, which he does a lot for that team. Um, that's my one worry with Philly is I think their, their run game's a little weak. We'll get into that when we talk the picks. But, again, I, I are you with me on Hertz? you think yeah, he's going to do I'm it? I'm telling you right now, this guy from Indianapolis is a generational talent, boys. Anthony Richardson, this guy's the real deal. Keep your eyes He was lost today. He's looked a rook, dude. Today. He looked great for his first game. They almost beat Jacksonville. They were winning three quarters of that game out there with him. The guy looked excellent today in his first game. He looked I'm, lost. I'm with, I'm with you, Clint. I think the guy's an absolute horse. I mean, you don't talk about an athlete. He, Caden, he's a rookie quarterback. A lot of guys, and he's I, a rookie quarterback for a bad team. 
That's what people forget. The Colts are he not threw a good one, team. He did make one bad throw and he got intercepted. He's gonna make a pass. he's gonna make a lot of bad throws, but man, his bot the, the way he's built and the way he can he can sling it. Guy's gonna I be think excellent. the guy's gonna he's have. Gonna be yeah, I'm making a sleeper pick for MVP. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I like it, man. I like, I it. like it. That that'll fit with some of my later thoughts. Anything you want to add on it, or are you just going a rod? That's it. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, he's keeping right. it short and simple. Right. He's keeping it short and simple, man. I am going to run through my picks here because this is a perfect transition, Caden, to my picks because AFC East. I'm going with the J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. I like them coming out of the AFC I East. Hey, let me finish. I'm going through my divisions. I like Pittsburgh in the north. Keep in mind, I'm going with my picks. I know there were games. Pittsburgh look awful. Hey, let me finish. I'm going with my picks. I know these games were played today. I wrote my picks down first, and I'm staying with them. I like Tomlin. He knows how to win ball games. I think you'll see Pittsburgh come through there. I'm not in love with Baltimore. I just think Pittsburgh, they're going to go. I'm thinking they're going to pull about 10 wins, and I think it's going to be enough there. So we'll see. AFC South, Jacksonville. Love Lawrence. Uh, his receiving core is getting stronger. He's got ETN out of the backfield. I just think Jacksonville is the is the team to beat in the South. I got KC coming out of the West. Again, they their receiving core is questionable. Mahomes is a great talent. Um, I don't know for sure. I don't love anybody there, so I'm just going with KC. Jumping over to the NFC, I'm going to take the Eagles in the East. I'm taking Detroit in the North. I am taking New Orleans in the south, and I'm going to take San Francisco in the west. And finally, my Super Bowl pick is green on green. I'm going the Philadelphia Eagles taking down the New York Jets to win the Super Bowl this year. Uncle Clint, I'm going to go with you since Caden was trying to cut me off about three times there. He's going to have to wait his picks out. Well, I I had narrowed it down to four teams left for the Super Bowl. Uh... My sleeper is if, if they can play defense, and I think they're going to end up grabbing Jonathan Taylor from Indy before the year's over. I think Miami can get there out of the AFC, and I think it's going to be either Kansas City or Miami out of the AFC, and I think you're going to see San Francisco or Philadelphia out of the NFC. I think it's going to be one of those four, one of those four teams in the Super Bowl. Got it. If you got to take your winner. Who are you taking, man? Because this is on the tape. we got to come back and I've check. always been an NFC guy, so I'm going to take whoever comes out of the NFC, either San Francisco or Philly. Okay, San Francisco or Philadelphia. All right, so the, for the divisions, I got. So So for the AFC East, I have the – definitely not the Patriots. <laughs> I have the uh, Miami Dolphins. Hey, you got to start writing this stuff down so you know where you're going. I have the Miami Dolphins. Because check this out, all right? You just picked Rodgers as your MVP, and you don't even have him winning his own division. I did not say say that the Jets won't make the playoffs. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Okay, okay. AFC West, Chiefs. AFC North, I'll go with... um, AFC North, I'm going to go with... uh, I don't have to go with the Baltimore... Bengals. I'm going with the Bengals. And you're supposed just, to have these decisions made already. You can't just make them during the show. You got to make your notes. Go ahead. What then, else you got? And then for the NFC, I got, um, I got for the NFC East, I have the I have the Eagles. And then for the NFC West, I have the I have the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. And then for the 
NFC North, <laughs> I got the Lions. And the South, I got my Saints. Okay, okay. And then who's your Super Bowl pick? What, what's your matchup? Give me Saints. Your... Oh, God. Um, <laughs> We're going to be checking the tape on this. Saints. Saints-Bengals. With the Saints winning it? Yeah. You know, it's the NFL. A lot of people overreact to week one, and they get into two, you know, and they, they don't. Obviously, Seattle doesn't look like they're going to be a, a going to be there, but you never know. Mike Tomlin's a winner. I agree. Pittsburgh, I, will, Pittsburgh will figure it out. They they never had a losing season as a head coach. Dude, they were winning last year. I don't even know who was playing for them, and they were winning Can't games. I know, I but it's just another guy. I got another guy. You need to put this Warren guy that's backing up Harris on your bench because he's going to take over the starting job before the year's over. Not years. Warren is his backup. You might want to go take find it over. Station. See, he's going to take over the starting. What about that guy from the uh, Browns? Because it just seemed like in the second half he was taking like Nick Chubb. It's like no, oh. no, that's because they were winning. That's why. Oh. No, he's they were not way coming. Up. They were way up. All right, okay. all right. I, I like it. I like the picks. I'm. Uh, I gotta say, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm always buying into this hard knock stuff. It gets me going. I, I love watching Rodgers throw the ball for that team. They got a great defense. Their running game is awesome. I just don't know about their O line. I don't know about it. It's going to be big, and that's where I love Isn't Philly. Their O line really good. I I think it's questionable right now, and Philly's got the best offensive line in football. Number one, and I think that that's that that's why I got the Eagles coming back this year, making it back to the Super Bowl, and getting it done. You're gonna have a hard time beating the Forty Nine. I know, man. Forty Nine look good. Yeah, but, but they is got this? Brock I was gonna say, is he the guy? I mean, he looked it. He looked it today, but is he the guy? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right, we're going to close out with a U Sports update. Uh, I usually bring these up not to talk about wins and losses with, with Caden and his sports. Uh, I do it to, to talk about lessons, talk about things from the U Sports world, and I base it on my experience with my kids. This weekend was focused on Caden. He, uh, he had a freshman B football game. He also had uh, a fall league baseball game. And something really cool happened at his at his football game and i'll just throw this out by saying he is on the freshman b team which is the the second team and he hasn't been getting playing time out there but he is a captain on the team they sent him out there they sent him out to midfield as a captain which i think is really cool he's never played football before before this year okay he chose to do it on his own with no influence from me who i'm kind of you know, his sports gauge a little bit. I'm the one that got him going into baseball and things like that. And he, he did this on his own. And he's a small kid, 100 pounds. I'm just, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of you uh, for doing this and committing yourself to this. And they did something called a, a fifth quarter, which were the kids that weren't getting play to playing time during the game came in. He came in as a running back, got some carries, picked up some yardage, caught a ball out of the backfield, did some cool things. It was really fun to see just to see him out there in pads, putting the work in. But the coolest thing for me was I was leaving uh, the field, and it was probably maybe 15 minutes after the game, something like that. The coach grabs me. Are you Covell's dad? He calls him Covell. I think Covell. Did you used to get Covell, Clint, in sports? I used to get Covell, too. Yeah. He grabs me. says, are you Covell's dad? comes up to me and says, I love your son, man. He just he loves playing this game. He's a real gem to coach. And it meant the world to me as a dad because I always say, there's two things that you can control in sports. That's your attitude and that's your effort. And that's what I asked him. I said, how's he doing out there? He says, he loves it. 
on time every day, ready to go, positive attitude, maximum effort. So I'm not one of those dads coming on this show just trying to brag about my kids' numbers or anything like that. It's just that playing sports is so good for kids. And to be on a team, Caden's going into his freshman year of high school and he already knows 100 people from the football team. And these big dudes that are twice the size of him are going to get Caden in there. Oh, they're excited for him. And the same excitement that he has when his teammates are, are scoring touchdowns and doing things, they have that same feeling for him when he got a chance to get out there. It was really special. I'm proud of you for doing what you're doing. And his goal is to start getting out there. The coach knows it. And the coach says, hey, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to get him out there. He keeps putting in the work. He keeps showing that he loves it. He's going to get his chances. So I think it's cool and it's fun and it's been a great experience thus far. And like I say, for any youth out there, just get out there and play, especially the no-cut sports. You could play in high school all year round for no money. You could go play football, no-cut. You can then go to wrestling, no-cut. You can then go to track and field, no-cut. All those sports are available at the majority of high schools. And it doesn't cost like the travel sports do and the AAU and travel ball and uh, the different soccer programs and leagues and things like that. So it's really just a special thing when you get to high school sports and I just encourage kids, go try something. Go try something new, go enjoy it, go meet friends, go socialize, because that's really what you're gonna get out of it for the vast majority of kids. So that's it for tonight. That's the sports life. Listen to us, follow us, wherever you get your pods, Spotify, Apple. We appreciate everybody. You guys have a great night.